1: Welcome to another episode of Beyond Baseball. Uh, I am here, as always, with Dr. Caleb Mezzi. Uh, Caleb, how are you doing today?
2: Jared, I am great. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so, uh, we are now in December, uh, which is wild to think that we're coming closing at the end of the year. I think this is the one time of the year we think about... Um, just being grateful and being uh, having gratitude for the things around you. So as you kind of approach the holidays, what's one of the things that you're most grateful for besides all the the awesome food at Christmas time?
2: Yeah, so uh, there's a couple of things. Obviously, some of them are a little um, obvious as a father Uh, had my second child in August. So it's very nice to have now a son and a daughter and I think we've talked about this. I know you're going through it yourself. Um, we moved into our new house over the summer. So having kind of what we feel is our forever home, two kids, dog, the health, um, all that kind of stuff. That that's the, the obvious things to be helpful, uh, thankful for. And I'll say the other thing I'm really thankful for is this podcast because, um, among the craziness of my job, sometimes with, you know, students and the world of academics, it's nice to have a podcast where you can share, um, an interest with someone like yourself. And then we could talk to um, players, former um, and active who have great stories to share that we can actually um, help and discuss with them.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, I, I'm probably definitely grateful for the opportunity that we're going to have to move into a new home um with my fiance. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. I think the one thing that I really enjoy about the holiday season is just having the chance to just be present with family and friends um just because it's like you get a two-week chunk there where you're not fairly focused on work you're not really focused on like say we're going to take a break from the podcast and things like that and as much as i love doing this stuff it's just an opportunity like to be present around the ones that you love the most um and yeah, I agree with you as well. Definitely grateful for the podcast as well. And this prospects live giving us the opportunity to really showcase 100%. these stories yeah. and just um just take a different angle to baseball that not many people are taking.
2: Yeah, I think definitely in the off season, because I know we talked about this with Andy uh Bass a little bit. Definitely in the offseason, it kind of gives you this, you know, opportunity to like clean your lens and like get a new vision of like you know, if you're an athlete, what do you have to do in the off season to get ready for the next season? If you're a free agent, or you're not sure where your career is going? Um, what what's next? How do you pursue an interest that you've been, you know, kind of holding back on pursuing? How do you take the time to do mm-hmm. with your family to kind of get grounded in, in terms of who you are, what your identity is shaping to be? And you mentioned loved ones, I think that's always kind of the place to go back to, to recharge, to, um to get that battery up to 100%. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people like to do the New Year's resolutions. I'm not too big into that. I think our New Year's our birthday usually. Um, but I think that as we start to wind down in December and see, you know, 2023, we only look for, you know, the best and better um, to moving forward. So I think, you know, for athletes, for people who listen, for people who working with athletes or people who just care about athletes, I think it's a great time to, to kind of clean that lens and start new.
1: Yeah. And we talked a lot about perspective and uh, finding identity and things like that around this time. And we had an incredible guest uh, this week. We were going to chat with uh, Austin Byler, who's CEO and co-founder of Major League University. Good friend of mine um, from back in the day in college. Um, And he was also a prospect at one point with Arizona Diamondbacks broke Paul Goldschmidt's home run record which is kind of cool uh, but he really dives into how his journey with the ups and downs and the struggles that he went with through during professional baseball and how that led him to really focusing on the mental side and helping athletes through major league university is there something that you really enjoyed the most Caleb about that interview well,
2: before I answer that, I'll say reigning NL MVP, no, <laughs> yeah. nonetheless. Um, you mentioned identity and perspective; those are the two things that stood out to me. So, while you guys are listening um, to this, listen to how um, Austin looks at his identity and how it's continuing to evolve. Um, just some of the sound bites he he gave were just tremendous in my in my opinion. Yeah, um, loved loved his talk about open mind, growth mindset, training, in the perspective. And then he gave, I'll. I'll bury the lead here. He gave us a formula that I think is really crucial for anybody at any level of their life, any whether you're an athlete or not, doesn't matter. I think that formula could be um, super crucial for you and your success in life.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think the one thing that really stuck out to me is uh, how much he has taken his platform and doesn't try to force it on people. He kind of tries to figure out, okay, what are your needs and how can I help? And I think he it does a great job at identifying the the needs of each unique individual. Um, without further ado, we're going to get you right into that interview with Austin Byler. We are back with another amazing guest on Beyond Baseball today. We have Austin Byler, who is CEO and co-founder of Major League University, and uh, was a prospect with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Austin, how are you doing today?
0: JP, Caleb, I'm fired up, man. I'm super excited for today. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And uh, I feel like I'm the least prepared here with my window <laughs> on <off> this corner. <quarter. laughs> I'm excited,
1: though. Least prepared, but most prepared. Just throw hey, that out always, there. Always. Um, well, for the viewers who don't know you, kind of dive into your journey, how you got started with Major League University, the some of the ups and downs you went through with professional baseball and how that led to you uh, starting Major League University.
0: Yeah, so born and raised Peoria, Arizona, actually right down the road from uh, Jared over here. We actually played his team in high school one of the years. (laughs) We won't dive into that day. Uh, I'm kidding. But uh, it was it was awesome. So very competitive baseball here in Arizona. Uh, Got to play on the varsity team for the majority of all four years, about halfway through my freshman year, got called up and, and experienced Uh, a lot of nerves, a lot of fear, but I didn't really know what they were at that time at 14, 15 years old. Um, we, We lost two state championships. So I'm still bitter about that. And then I had the opportunity to go on and play at University of Nevada. I wasn't highly recruited out of high school, although I had a really good high school career. So for me, it was kind of a unique situation. I signed in May of my senior season. So it was about three months before school started in college that first year. I had the opportunity to sign and Actually, this last week went and spoke to the high school where I was uh, seen at from Nevada, which was a crazy full circle event 11 years ago. And so just crazy how things work in this world. And um, went out to Nevada, got to go play there for four years. I had the opportunity to be drafted my junior year by the Nationals. Decided to go back to school for my senior season uh, in 2015. Was drafted by the Diamondbacks, hometown team. Was fired up, excited, get into my first year of pro ball. Had a lot of success, killed it, uh, dominated, was on the fast track. I became a top 20 prospect and I thought in my head I was going to the big leagues in two or three years, right? That was my kind of game plan and and my plans. And then I fell a drug test that off season and and really just saw my life go down in shambles. And um, I saw a lot of things that uh, I wasn't very proud of as far as just using prescription medications, a lot of painkillers to get through the day, starting in college, which then led into professional sports. And that was kind of how I masked my anxiety and depression at the time. And when I saw that, I saw a lot of other athletes doing the same thing. And uh, not a lot of athletes will come out and talk about it. But when you see it in the clubhouse between the coaches and the athletes and the people, you see a lot of things that you would never expect at that level. And so for me, I I saw a big need for somebody to go in there who could relate to athletes, baseball specifically at the time, uh, with mental health and just helping them on their journey and helping them get through the day to days and have, uh, tips and tools and things that they can use in their power that are better than prescription medication. And so uh, that's where in 2018, I was released twice, once by the D-backs, once by Ball. And I decided, hey, I got to stop. I'm done. My passion flame is out and I want to go do something different and make an impact in this game. And so I decided to start Major League University with a buddy of mine from college, QB Meyer. And we started it in September 2018, really with no direction except for to help people through mental health and sports. And it's really turned into this awesome opportunity and platform where we can go out and help teams individuals athletes students whoever it might be through mindset leadership and mindfulness uh different tools and resources so it's been an awesome journey man we're super grateful and blessed and it's been cool to see the transformation over the last three or four years
1: yeah that's awesome and before i turn over to caleb uh, for a question. I just got to say like the the one I've heard your your journey multiple times, but I think the one thing that's most beautiful about it is that you took your experiences and you took what you went through in order to kind of help others. You're like, well, well I don't want anybody else to go through this. I wanted to give back and be able to push someone else so they don't have to go through some of the same things I did. And I think that's absolutely incredible. Oh, I appreciate that, man. It was,
0: it was definitely, it's crazy how you see certain things. You're like, man, we could either use this. I was ashamed of the story. I was very ashamed, I was like, uh nobody's gonna listen to this. This is mm-hmm. horrible. Like, why would I even like talk about this? I need to just like shun this away, put it away, and people are going to forget about it. And then I finally shared it once. I was encouraged to share it by one of our FCA chaplains. And when I shared it, I saw people relate. I saw athletes come up to me and say, "Hey, I'm experiencing the same exact thing. I just got hurt. I'm addicted to these medications. I don't know how to get off." And it happened two years ago. And once that happened, I was like, "Hey, I've got something here. I need to share this. I, I can't keep this inside any longer." So, I uh, appreciate JP.
2: Yeah, Austin, I, I'm curious just <coughs> how your how your identity has shifted. I mean, you could talk from high school to college, getting drafted, then going back to your senior season, getting drafted, and then really crushing it your first season, and then seeing this you know you know downturn. I don't even say it's a spiral because it really you took this opportunity where you saw downward movement and took it upwards, mm-hmm. um, and then how you see your identity now. Because what I feel is I'm not going to say that it was all about you in the beginning, but a lot of it was you first. How do you get there? How do you get to achieve all the goals? And now it's flipped. It's how do I help people? How do I lead people? How do I help and address their needs um, before my own? So talk to us about your identity through that whole journey.
0: Yeah, it's a great question, man. It's It all started when and you your spot on. It was all about how can I get to that next level? And I think that happens to a lot of us in, in life, in, in professionals, um, whether it's sports, whether it's in your own profession of, hey, how do I get that next pay raise? Or how do I climb the ladder in my, my corporate setting? And how do I make a lot more money? And, and all these other things, which are all part of life and, and important because it, it provides freedom, but it's not everything. And for athletes, we find our identity in our uniform a lot. And mm. so when I had the uniform on, I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted it i knew what i was working for and i knew how to get it for the most part outside of some of the decisions i made and then when the uniform came off i was stripped of my identity i didn't know who i was i was like man who is austin byler i can't say i'm the athlete anymore i'm not a a 30 year old washed up athlete right so at this point it's identity my identity is found i'm a big in faith so so my identity is found in god uh christian i really firmly believe in my faith and that's been a huge thing that's got me through a lot of this stuff and have my own testimony and things that I can share eventually, but uh, for me, that's where it comes in now, and that's where I find my identity, and uh, And then helping others. You hit it on the head, Caleb, is, man, using your story, using your experiences, using your life testimony to go serve and help others. Whether you're a believer or not, That doesn't really matter. It's more about how do you help people in this world while you're here, and so my identity is transformed into that. Hey, when I get joy out of helping people. I get joy out of out of providing opportunities for others rather than uh, a lot of the selfish things that can cause a lot of ruin inside. So I think it's, it's really transformed a lot. And and in my life, it, the faith piece has been huge and it's kind of segued out of what I do, whether it's speaker, whether it's uh, middle skill, whatever you want to call it. Verse. hey, let's just help people transform lives and be the best citizen that we can be while we're here on Earth and make the biggest impact possible. So uh, it's a great question, man.
2: Yeah. One of the things I also want to jump on, and just because we've had conversations and I obviously follow you on social media. I see what you're putting out is you go through this whole journey of playing baseball. And obviously it doesn't start, you know, in high school. It doesn't start in college. It probably starts when you're three, four or five, just hitting off of a tee right? But you have all those years, basically decades of experience doing that stuff. And then it gets stripped away from you. And now you're kind of venturing into this other world where you are helping and leading and you talk about mindfulness. Uh, I'm really just looking at the character of the individual that's going to play baseball. But how do you get a crash course and what helps you to adjust from playing baseball to this? I mean, I, I know from my experience, so I'm going to answer the question a little bit that I see on your social media, you're sharing motivational phrases, you know, quotes that drive you. You talk about faith, that ha- how that grounds you, but there's much more to that. What What are you doing to, you know, learn and stay educated so that you can keep leading these people?
0: Yeah, it, it comes from keeping an open mind and, and not being afraid to ask people questions, reaching out to other people in the field, reaching out to others who are or, or way ahead of me in this field or older and, and just more wise and have more experience doing what I love doing. And so picking their brains, uh, there's plenty of them on social media. There's plenty in person. I went to a John Gordon leadership workshop a couple months ago in, in Dallas. And I thought that was a, a great opportunity for me to not only pick his brain in person, but get to see what he does. Hey, how do you write books? What do you do when you're writing a book? I want to write books. Like I want to go speak more and more and, and develop people in the business world as well. And so it, it was a really cool experience. To just keep learning. And so I think never uh, blocking off the channels to growth and learning. Uh, You might not be in the classroom specifically learning from a teacher or professor or at a school, but you're learning in your own way. And for me, it's through books, it's through audibles, it's through podcasts, it's through conversations and having those conversations, getting to know what people want, what they need, what they're looking for and what they seek is a big piece to what we're doing. And then for me, it's continuing to upgrade what we do. So uh, it's been crazy. With the first piece, I was talking to a buddy about this the other day, we're hiking on the and I was like, man, like four years ago, I just went in and shared my story for 60 minutes. I talked for 60 minutes and then I left. Now it's like, Uh, we can do eight week workshops. We can do a a two hour, three hour, five hour, six hour. Like we can do whatever you really want to do. We'll figure it out. Uh, And we have more interaction, engagement, and just keep getting better. And so uh, what I do is when we go into a program with a coach, I always ask the coach, Hey, what does your your program specifically need? What can I help you with? Here's some things that we'll talk about. Does this align with your vision? Does this align with your message? And and is this reinforcing what you're trying to do? And if it is great, if it's not, we'll readjust. And if we go speak, Hey, there's a 30, 45, minute keynote right so it's kind of a little bit of everything but for me it's continually keeping that growth mindset max staying open to different ideas uh, different things that can help people uh really being a, a really good copycat of people who have had success and i love the tony robbins line copy genius say like, hey if tony robbins is doing it at that high of a level why don't i just look at what he's doing and, and go and try and copy it in my own flavor and and, and make it my own so um, that's been a big piece man is that personal growth is huge
1: Uh, The one thing I really like that you touch on, too, is like you don't go into these schools telling them what they need. You go, what can I provide you that's going to help you? And I think that's probably one thing that might set you apart from others is that you're not going in there like, this is what I got and this is what you need. You're coming in there and you're like, hey, this is what I got. What can be most useful to you all? So I think that's huge. Uh, The one thing that you touched on in your story, too, you talked about making that shift of your identity to helping others. Um, you've talked a lot about the times that you gotten released and kind of how that impacted your identity because your identity was wrapped up completely in baseball. And so when that moment happens where you get released, it's kind of like everything goes away. So after that moment you got released and then, um, now switching to your identity, that's kind of helping others. Where, when, when, when did that switch happen? When did that flip happen in your, in your head?
0: it's a great question perk it was so i remember walking into the the clubhouse so i take my 30 minute drive every day to the ballpark and in the spring because there's still snowbirds here in arizona it's like a 45 minute 50 minute drive and my first two years driving to spring training i was so hateful it's like f this i gotta go to the field i don't get done till four oh, you got to go play in the big league game today. Like it was a freaking obligation, even though it's a massive opportunity and blessing. What if I get an AB hit a home run? And now they're like, hey, who is this guy? Like he needs to be on the team. And so my my whole mindset and perspective was wrapped in the wrong things. And my last year, right, it was like my, my happiest, best year personally, but my worst year Physically, and I'm driving to the field, and I'm like taking in the sunset at 6:30 in the morning. I'm watching the sunrise over the over uh, the mountains in Scottsdale. I'm like, this is beautiful. This is awesome. And so my whole perspective changed. I remember walking into the clubhouse. I I go into the uh, that time I was in the AAA locker room, right, which whatever that means. And I look at my locker, and it's a Dominican name. I'm like, that's not Austin Bither. That's like Rico Suave. Who is this person? And so I start going scanning the rooms. Well, there's like 150 lockers in every freaking locker room and so i just go from locker to locker about three or four locker rooms i don't see my stuff i finally go down to the equipment manager i go see mikey and mikey's like hey man I got your stuff right here, very neatly packed, perfectly set, better than you'd ever do it, and you're released. And so that's how you find out. And so I remember walking out, I see a couple guys who are actually doing a lot of really cool things on social media right now. And I go see them on my way out, and they're like, why are you leaving? Why do you got your stuff? And, oh, you kind of know, hey, you're released. You give those hugs, you're crying. Um, and that first couple of weeks is hard. It's really hard because you don't know what to do. You've only known baseball. You've had a set schedule your whole life. Hey, at 6.30 a.m., you have breakfast. At 7.30, you have training. At 8.30, you have mental skills. At 9, you have early work, right? You have everything laid out for you. And now you go from everything laid out to absolutely no structure or anything locked in or anything like that. So then uh, I kind of was like, man, I don't know what to do. I played indie ball for about a month, uh, but I knew I needed to go do something different. And so um, once I had that passion of, hey, how can I go help people? What does that look like? My mom said a really good example from a young age, being an entrepreneur and having her own business and my dad as well. And so I kind of had an idea of what to do or kind of how to do it a little bit. And then it was just taking the plunge and going and doing it and not being fearful. Um, I remember it was right before covid hit i was finally leaving my full-time job i said hey i'm done with it i was making good money in the bay area i just got a massive promotion which was going to help a lot and i said i'm going to go from making all this money to making zero money in the bay area which is not very good if you want to survive and so uh I, i leave in february and like three weeks later COVID hits and everything shuts down, especially California. So I started in NorCal, drive to San Diego, see my best friend. Well, then everything shuts down there. I drive to Arizona, it shuts down again. And so now I'm sitting here with no job, no opportunities, no schools are open, no teams are playing. What do you do? And so you just made the most of it. And and you talk about service and giving. We did a four-week, actually an uh, eight-week coaching thing for athletes, all free online during COVID. And that one thing, we had 250 kids show up on that Zoom. Now, some were crazy, wild, and just probably not paying any attention. But there were some in there that got a lot out of that. And we did eight weeks in a row, two hours a day, baseball school. And it was just a cool opportunity for people to engage in a different way. And uh, it kind of showed us that passion of where we wanted to go. So it was hard. uh, But I think when you have a passion, when you have an idea, when you have a dream, and you have good people around you that can help you on that journey, you can get there a lot easier.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome just to to hear the journey that you've taken. Um, one thing you touched on in the end there that I really liked to hear is the the people that around you and that's kind of how what pushed you. What role did that or who really helped you in your journey kind of transitioning out of baseball and what were some of the biggest mentors you had um, during that time?
0: Well, Jay Johnson's always been huge. He's uh, LSU's head coach. He's always been a huge help. Uh, The dude is so busy, probably the busiest human being in the world, and he still answers texts, calls, everything, which is amazing because some coaches don't do that. Um, Then – Ray Mac has been huge. He joined our team about a year later after that. Uh, and Ray's been a huge help. He's been dominating social media. JP, obviously you as well, been killing it for us. It's been an awesome blessing uh, for our team. Matt Palmer, he just uh, is now the Arizona FCA director of the whole Valley. So he just got that yesterday. I'm probably releasing news that isn't released yet, but uh, that was released. I just got the email this morning and he told me yesterday. So uh, that was really cool for him. And he was a, he's been a big piece of the spiritual faith and just keep me grounded, man, and pushing me a little bit saying, hey, man, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to back down? Are you going to give in? Are you going to keep pushing and keep growing? And how can we help you? So those guys have been huge. Aaron Nielsen has been huge. So this, it's been a collective group. And I think any time in life, whether it's one person or 10 people, you need people around you that can help you. I try to seek wisdom and guidance for people who are older than me, who have more experience and have been through things like this. And uh, when you start talking to them and just getting to know them, you learn a lot about you, yourself, and you become more motivated. And so uh, I find when I isolate myself, I'm less motivated. uh, I'm less engaging. I'm less happy. I don't feel as good about myself. I don't feel as uh, inspired to go make a change. But when I'm around other people who want to help other people, I feel better. It's like, man, the more you work in the right setting, you feel better about it and you do more for it. So I think just getting yourself around those good people like, uh, like we have.
1: Yeah, and I think the one thing you kind of touch on this is like the fourth time we've had this theme pop up in a in a thing in an interview. But like you're we're creatures of our environment, and like Mm -hmm. this is something I've noticed every single guest has touched on in some sort of aspect. They're like I'm more motivated, or I'm getting pushed to do something when I'm surrounding myself with people who are supporting me and being there for me. Um, Like I just the last interview was Matt Gauge with the Toronto Blue Jays guy debuted at age 29, so he went through the minor leagues for like 10 years basically and got released signed with another team got released signed with another team and he's like the only reason i kept going was because of the people who i had around me
2: wow yeah it's it's interesting because we're tying austin's question like five i mean answer five to five questions ago which is how he learns that's that's kind of the answer you gave and then you talk about building relationships and environment like if you're looking at it from like a professor academic setting that's exactly what we want we want to build this environment so you can learn and thrive and that's kind of what you set up for yourself with maybe not even intention to do that. Um, But yeah, Jared, this is the building relationships. The environment thing is, is a constant that we hear. Um, One thing I'm really curious to kind of go back to what you're doing now is how do you get to a point where you talk to these, you know, students, their parents, because I know you do parents as well and the coaches to get them to address what they actually need without them admitting what they need. Like I'm very curious because what you're talking about is kind of, a very, I don't want to say like a a wise tale of I know I need to talk to people who are older than me who have been through this, right? But a lot of kids and a lot of, you know, teachers and coaches and parents don't want to admit that because it, it shows a weakness or a flaw in them. So you have to go through what you went through to be able to say that. So how do you meet them to say this is what you need to hear without you saying that you want to hear this?
0: I love that. I love that. So encouragement is huge.
2: Uh, There's a great book called
0: The Carpenter from John Gordon, and it talks about how this guy built his business and his business is built on three pillars, love, serve and care. And I'm sitting here reading it like Okay, where's my marketing plan like what's the what's the social media look like and it's like all this dude talked about was loving others serving others caring for others and so when you do those things with other people they notice they feel that energy they feel the intention and then they get engaged and hopefully they're encouraged to do it Uh, i always encourage the athletes to reach out to other people and keep an open mind even with their own coaches if it's things that they're hearing that they don't like or if it's things that they're hearing that they do like Like take what you get out of it and you can always learn from everyone and then sharing those personal experiences from my own journey with coaches who maybe did things the the wrong way, in our opinion, or the right way. And hey, how did I learn something from each of those about setting a culture, about doing the right things and all this other stuff? But at the end of the day, if the person doesn't want to do it, they're not going to do it. So for us, it's a lot of encouragement and almost like guiding the horse to the water and saying, hey, like here's the things that we know work you can do them that's great or you can just ignore it and and not take any of this but that's your choice like we're going to give you your choice i had an athlete say he's like man the thing that i love the best one of the college teams we work with locally he goes i love the fact that you come in here and you give us options and suggestions you don't tell us what to do it's like that's pretty cool so so now through me saying just hey i would highly recommend that these things right here could greatly impact your game or your life you can do them or you cannot do them. That's up to you. I'm not saying you have to do it, but you can do this. And he's like, man, just that one piece there empowered me to go do it because you didn't say you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like what, a, what a simple thing that becomes a big thing in life. And so for us, uh, Caleb, to answer that question, I think it's just encouraging the parents, the coaches, uh, the athletes to go reach out to to ask for help, to ask questions, even though a lot of student athletes don't want to ask questions. They, they keep quiet a lot or they turn to the TikTok. Um, and for them, it's like, <laughs> Keep, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open. You can learn from anybody you come across. And then we try to teach them just the basic principles of life, man. Serve others, be a good person, be kind to others. Like those things are always in your control. If you're a really good teammate, life really starts to happen for you. And uh, you can get more opportunities through that and through your own teams. And so when we go and work with programs specifically, we try and get them more connected. If we can get you more connected by the end of the day or the end of the weekend or the end of the year, then we did our job and, and we're winning in, in our, our category of success.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you see it, but there's so many parallels with baseball, which is super interesting, right? Like giving the options, you know, baseball is all about options, unless you just want to hit home runs when you go up. But, you know, there's (laughs) options that, that you can, you know. You get different pitches. You have an option to swing at those pitches, where they are, where they're located, what the pitch is. Then what do you do with that pitch when you want to swing at it and hopefully hit it? Then the other part is the autonomy. Giving them the autonomy to do it. They take control. They feel that ownership. They want to do that because they chose that option to do so. Another thing you addressed, which I thought was super interesting. I don't know if you see the parallels, but... Uh, You said we don't reach all of them. They're going to ultimately choose if they want to do it or not. I feel that way as a professor, so I totally get what you're saying. But it's like if you can hit three out of ten people, right, even if you can hit one, one is a a Hall of Fame career. But if you're talking to 30 people, right, and you're hitting, you know, three, six or nine of them, you're a Hall of Fame speaker and you're a Hall of Fame motivator. So I, I don't know what you think about that in terms of like when you approach you know, your speaking engagement, you approach that team or that group of individuals. Um, But I'm curious because you're not putting all your eggs in one basket to say, I have to knock this out. I have to hit everyone so that you feel deflated or defeated even afterwards.
0: And that's a a perfect point you bring up because going in originally, that's what I wanted to do. Like I'm going to impact all 50 of you. And it's (laughs) like, I'm not going to impact Mr. Cool guy in the back with his hoodie on (laughs) sitting there with his arms crossed and sleeping (laughs) in the middle of the talk that dude's checked out. Like I just got to, I got to own it that that dude's not in and he doesn't want to be here and that's okay. He's got something going on. Great. Good for you. But the three people sitting in the front row who chose to sit in the front row and I didn't make them come sit in the front row. Those people are here to learn because they're upright. They're taking notes. They got good body language. They have good posture. They show respect. And so for us, man, there was a, I was talking with one of our same guys at FCA chaplain locally. And, and this dude's a great speaker. He, he spoke to our teams all throughout my youth and He makes a big impact in the Valley, a huge, huge impact. And I'm like, B, what's like your best advice to speaking? Like when I go in and speak to these teams, like what do you got for me, dude? Like just give me the gospel of wisdom right here. And he's like, just impact that one. It's like, that's it? He's like, dude, I'm telling you, go speak to that one person in that room that needs to hear your message because there's always one person that needs to hear your message, whether you're speaking to a corporate business, whether you're speaking to a baseball team or a freaking Little League team, one person needs to hear it. Not everybody's going to be invested. Not everybody's going to be engaged. Not everybody's going to want to be there. But if you can hit that one person's heart, you're winning and doing what you're doing. So it's exactly what you just said, man. It's like show up for that one. And when you show up for that one, you start to see that radiate throughout the room. And so I've had plenty of experiences where I've left and I've been walking out the door and I'm like, did anybody get anything out of this thing? (laughs) Other than the coach, like, did anybody take anything out of this session? And I'm like defeated, pissed, upset, sad. You know, I'm going through the emotional wheel. Uh, and then I go back to that one piece it's like, OK, that kid in the middle there who never took his eyes off of me and, and answered three questions. And he was a freshman and he couldn't have he could have just sat there and been quiet. That kid got something out of it or the text you get today where it's like, hey, man, I'm using the visualization is helping me in wrestling and I'm a baseball player, but it helped me in wrestling in my first match ever. I'm like, those little things go a long way for us. And so JP posted this on on social media today about instant gratification in our Mm -hmm. world. And I think for us as speakers and professors and just people, we see a delayed gratification and it's really hard because like Caleb, for you, you might see one of your students go off and create a business 10 years down the road. And during the time, they could have been that one student who sits in the back who has no intention of being there. But then they go off and they did something because of one thing you said or one thing they heard in your class or speaker you had to come in. For me, same thing. It's like we go into this program and I see a kid text me three years later. I'm like that delayed gratification in those three years. I didn't know if you were even listening, dude. Like, I had no clue. But then three years later, I see that impact. You're at college now or you're playing professionally or you're just in real life and you're trying to get through in college. And you're using some of the tools and skills that we talked about, like that is a huge piece. So I love receiving those texts or those messages because it really makes you feel like you're doing your job and you're doing it well and uh, and you're helping people. So at the end of the day, that's what it's all about.
2: Yeah. So one of the things I want to jump in on and this kind of piggybacks off of um, Jared's question earlier about transitions is you're not only going through your own transition, you're still going through it, whether you want to say that or not. (laughs) Um, we all go through these transitions it's just you know a wave of change and you're talking to student athletes at different ages different levels different skills um, that they have and they're going to go through the transition whether it's you know junior high middle school to high school high school to college college to mm-hmm. pro or college to the real world of you know whatever they're going to do how do you talk to them about that um and how to kind of use your own example your own living um experience really um, to, to educate them and prepare them for that inevitable.
0: Yeah, I think if for that, it is a lot of the experiences of, of what we've been through. And, hey, man, when you go from eighth grade to, to high school, it's going to be a jump. It's going to be different. When you go from the freshman team to the varsity team or JV to varsity, when you go from varsity to now you're playing college baseball, like it's just getting started at each level. And you should really, for me, it's training the perspective on the yeah. athlete and training their perspective of, hey, look, when you get to go here, like you get to be on this team, you get to be a part of this, you get to go to college, you get to go to a new environment, you get to play for this coach. A lot of athletes don't have that perspective, and they look at it as like a burden. And, and something that they have to do. And for them, it's like, man, you, you have this amazing opportunity. And I always share stories of just personal life and other people. But there's plenty of people in this world who don't get to do what you get to do. And one of my brothers is one of them. He's, he's autistic. He, he could never have the physical or mental capabilities to go play baseball. But he wanted to be the bat boy. And he was the bat boy for every game in college when they were there. And, and that was like his, it was his all-star moment, right? Going picking up the bat, high-fiving the dude on deck, giving him a nux, and then just being there to cheer for him. And so for him, like he was so grateful to be there when there's a kid who's got a 75% scholarship who hates his life in college. And you go through it all the time, but it's like, man, look at your perspective of where you're at in your life right now. Like you are a college athlete, you are a high school athlete, you are healthy, you are uh, you are able to play, you are available to your team. And if you're not like, hey, you're on your track back and it's given you this awesome experience. So shaping their perspective, I have this little formula, it's called MS, which is mindset. And then it's E, event plus P, perspective equals O, the outcome. And so I tell them, hey, if we can train our perspective, we can't train what happens to us in life, we can't train the outcomes, but we can influence our outcomes with a positive perspective. And so if we have that positive perspective, we give ourselves a really
2: good chance to move forward. Hey, Jax. I love that.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing that I'll touch on before I kind of jump into the last question here is it's awesome how much you focus on the uniqueness of the individual. Because you think about it, even when we're training physical, not just the mental side, when you train the physical of an athlete, there's uniqueness to each individual of what you're going to train. I think that's a lot of what Tread Athletics and those kind of groups have jumped into and really have tried to maximize in athletes is that they're training each individual differently. A lot of the, the core foundation of their training stays the same but there's uniqueness to each individual that they have to train. And it's the same thing on the mental side as well. Like each individual has their own experience. No one went through the same exact thing. So when you're looking at the mental side, you're trying to figure out and pick out um, what the uniqueness is for each of them. Uh, But for the last question, it's one thing that we ask uh, every uh, audience member that we have is, um, if you have one piece of advice for those who are kind of going through the same journey that you've gone through or trying to make their transition out of the game of baseball, what would that one piece of advice be?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's a, that's a key. It's a key thing. Whether you're struggling or you're just, hey, I'm I'm actually in a really good place in my life, but I want to get better and I want to people perform. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. When I was struggling with my addiction, I remember in college I had a, a an essay long Facebook message to my mentor and best friend, and I never hit send. And if I would have hit send, he would have called me. He probably would have flown to Reno. Stopped me where I was and said, Hey, you need to get out of this environment. And it would have maybe changed some things, but hey, you can't go back and look at it that way. So for me, it's don't be afraid to ask for help, regardless of where you're at. Um, always seek guidance and wisdom from other people. Uh, you can learn something from everybody. And then don't give up on yourself. Uh, I think a lot of people in this field, and you see it all the time with social media, it's like they're going hard for six months, they're going hard for a year and a half, and then they just fizzle out and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Where'd that person go? Why are they not still around? But consistency is key. And it's going to be Hard to be consistent sometimes, but it's more in your control than anything else. So if you can seek that consistency in your life, whether it's off the field, on the field, in your profession, or not in your profession, hang on, Jackson, hang on. Um, that's going to be uh, a key. And then the last thing, even just this so that's my nephew right there. He's four, almost five. Like, don't lose the perspective of being a kid. Like, when we're a kid, we have so much joy. My buddy calls it living the wow. Like, everything mm-hmm. they see is wow. he saw this Zoom, he'd be like, wow, what is that trophy back then? What is this? <laughs> so then you're in the wow. But now when you're 30, 40, 50 years old, it's like, what's that? That's stupid. That's dumb. Right. And all of a sudden your life transitions. So from youth to grade school, grade school to high school, high school to college, college to real life, professional and all that, things start to change. So if you remember, like, what is it like to be a kid again and have that joy and experience, man, you're going to live in so much more wonder and, and positivity too.
1: Man, that's awesome, and this has been an incredible interview. Your perspective, your mindset is just uh, awesome for, like, when we think about people who are going to watch this and future minor leaguers who could be watching this as well as they try to figure out their journey. I think this is going to be amazing and awesome. Can't thank you enough for joining us. If anybody wants to find any of the work at Major League University, it's www.majorleagueuniversity.com. Let me know if there's anything (laughs) else I'm missing there.
2: Hey, Uh, social media. (laughs) I think this was great. I mean, Austin, you, you know, you have charisma, you have energy. And I think you gave us tons of sound bites um, that Jared will probably make into really nice uh, Instagrams or TikToks if we want to go that route. Um, but I, I just think it was so good to just hear you talk about, you know, the identity in a uniform training and perspective and the formula you gave us was beautiful. Um, I, I just love and I'm going to kind of tie this back to one of our last podcasts where we talked with Cord. You talk about wow and the curiosity that ties into being a kid. And we talked about with Cord Sandberg uh, about the problem with living in the now versus living for your future self. And it almost makes me think wow versus now um, as a good soundbite. So I I love that. I, I think that the consistency and the curiosity is what we need more of
0: that's gonna be a new teaching lesson wow wow versus no that's good that's really good and it it's true it's like man why, why do we change that like what if we just looked at everything as a wonder like whoa look at the mountain the tree uh like and you could take it as far or as least as you wanted but it's like man what if we just looked at it like that instead of oh uh, here we go again another day another this another that and reacting I
2: mean, and reacting to everything yes.
0: yes. Uh, Well, I want to give you guys credit because you guys have been killing it with this podcast and dominating. Thank you. Uh, With as much as both of you guys have going on and your passion for this and you making time for it and doing it and being consistent with this. Awesome. You're helping a lot of people. You got great guests and uh, people are are, they would be foolish to not tune into this more often because this is a great thing that you guys are doing, especially with everything you have going on. So kudos to you guys.
1: Yeah, it means a lot. And we appreciate you coming on and joining us. This is really awesome. You guys are awesome. I appreciate y'all. Chumba Casino always
0: brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void a prohibited by law. plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.